This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Today on episode number 684, I'm going to take what's left of my voice from Podcast Movement 2019 and tell you about some tips and insights that I learned from the floor. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. This is where I help you massage your message. I help you tackle the technology, face your fears, and flatten the learning curve and get you going in the right direction with your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T, E-N-E-R when you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start to sign up for either a monthly, yearly, or if you want to buy the courses a la carte, you can do that as well. And I'm back from Podcast Movement. It's always interesting because I pretend I'm 23 when I'm there and I go to bed about 2 to 3 in the morning. I get up around mm, 6.30 to go down and work the Libsyn booth and I'm not making this up. When I got home yesterday, I went to bed at 8 p.m. and slept till 8 a.m. So I got 12 hours of sleep, woke up, edited an episode, did a consulting call and then uh, took what I call an involuntary nap. So I'm getting caught up. But I was in uh, Orlando, Florida, Podcast Movement 2019, a couple of different announcements coming out of that. But this was one. This is on the New Media Show with Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee. Find it at newmediashow.com. But they were on a panel with uh, some people from Stitcher and some people from Pandora. And this is uh, here's one of the things I love about Todd Cochran. He is not afraid to ask the hard questions. And he asked the guy from Pandora this. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you see RevShare coming to podcasters on Pandora? Uh, 100%. I mean, that's not the RevShare. Hold on. It is not 100% (laughs) RevShare. I am certain that I see RevShare coming to podcasters on Pandora. Um, uh, That's been been baked into the plans from the beginning. So that definitely made some headlines. So Pandora has plans to do a rev share because we always say one of the reasons why places like Spotify and Pandora are embracing podcasting is because, well, when I play music on one of those services, they have to pay the musician. And now they're saying, well, somewhere in the future. Now, don't go like backing up the Brinks truck here. We're talking about maybe gas money here would be my guess because Spotify a musician on Spotify makes like point oh 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 oh. Are you kidding me? Oh, uh, cents on a stream of their music. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bell of the ball, though, the one that people were talking about on the bus trip over to the different parties was Tom Webster's. Uh, he did a presentation, and it's really interesting, and it's going to spark a lot of uh, fireworks. Tom Webster from EdisonResearch.com. If you are looking for any stats on podcasting, if you're working to uh, make some sort of media kit, Edison Research is the best place. Share of ear and the infinite dial reports are great. He showed what he called veteran listeners. So I'm, I'm assuming that's people that have listened for maybe five years or more and people who had not. He called them newbies. And what it is is the word podcasting is getting a little blurry. Now, for some people, they will say, if you're not in iTunes, you're not a podcast. And I get that. 
because that is true. If you don't have an RSS feed and you're not in Apple Podcasts, technically you're not a podcast. Now, can you be a podcast without being in Apple iTunes? What if I just have an RSS feed? Sure. And this is where I kind of often say on my show, the podcast rodeo show, where I grab a random podcast and see how long I can hang on. Find that at podcastrodeoshow.com. So many people love to start off the beginning of their show doing what I call, uh, they, they share how the sausage was made. And so like to give you an example of this right now, I burned the bejesus out of my tongue today. I don't know what I ate, but my tongue, parts of it are kind of numb in a way. So I could say that because I just, you'll hear in the blooper where I said Tom Webster. It's very weird. You'll hear it in the bloopers. You don't really care that my tongue is burned. You just want to know the words that are going to come out correctly out of my mouth. And so when we talk about content, when I've seen people get in arguments, and I usually am on the the I'm on the side of, hey, if you don't have an RSS feed, it's not really a podcast. But here's the problem with that thought. It's not really a problem because that's still true. And it's very true. But the problem is, in the end, the listener doesn't care. They just want their show. And I've always said, I don't care where you listen. Listen to me on Pandora, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever, Stitcher. Just listen. And now the listener's like, I don't care what you call it. I just want your show. And so I don't know what the ramifications of that are, but people are calling things on YouTube a podcast. And technically, it's not. And this reminds me a little bit of the time when I was going to marriage counseling. And if your spouse thinks one plus one equals three, you have to reply like one plus one equals three, because if they feel it, if they feel it's three, it is three. And so if the audience thinks YouTube is a podcast, guess what? It's a podcast. Now, you and I know that it's not a podcast because it doesn't have an RSS feed, but to the end user, until we can figure it out, we've got to go, uh, okay. But and I wanted, there was a survey out earlier in the year. I forget what university, and they didn't explain what a podcast was. And that was the first time that YouTube was listed as one of the top places to find a podcast because nobody said, hey, YouTube's not a podcast. And it seems like now the audience is saying YouTube is a podcast. And all of, you know, the the people that have been around since 2005 are going, get off my lawn. If you don't have an RSS feed, then you're not really a podcast. And uh, the audience goes, I, I don't care what you have. I just want you to make me laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain. So does this mean the word podcast is under fire? No, but I remember growing up and I could not say the word suck. Like suck was a really bad word. I remember once I was in the car and I said something like that sucks. And my aunt stopped the car and said, I don't want to ever hear that word come out of your mouth again. Well, over the years, that word has changed its meaning. Maybe I don't know if it's the meaning it's because it still means it stinks. But back then, I think the word sucks was taken much more literal. I'll just leave it at that. And now it's more of like that stinks. And so I think we're going to see potentially here, and there's not really much we can do about it, but remind people, that, well, technically, if you don't have an RSS feed, you're not a podcast. But again, I don't think the listener cares. 
I don't. It's going to be interesting to watch, but that was something that had uh, everyone just all a flutter, like, oh my goodness, it's not a, there's no RSS feed. What do you mean it's not a podcast? That's just crazy talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something I don't think a lot about as less than 10% of podcasters make enough money just doing sponsorship to make a living. Because to do that, you have to have hundreds of thousands of downloads. And in most cases, that's usually the people that are doing sponsors only. They don't have a product. They don't have a Patreon, things like that. And I was talking to one person who adjusted the format of their show. And I'm like, hey, what's kind of what's going on with that? And the answer was, and this is a great problem. I am sold out through the end of the year with my sponsorship. And I was like, that is great. But think about that. Right now, as I record this, it's August. That's four more months of sponsorship. And yeah, you got a big old check, but you better not spend that all in one place because you got four more months of no new money coming in. And the reason that they had added a new segment to the show is because it was a way to add another sponsor. So just some insight that I was like, ooh, I've never thought about that. That if you get a a sponsor who really fits with your show and really connects with your audience, they may buy out your inventory, meaning the open spots for your advertisement. And then what are you going to do? You have no more income coming in. It's going to take some discipline to make sure you don't spend that big giant check that they handed you in one place. And for me, I was just like, you know what? I'm working on the book, More Podcast Money. That tip is going into the new version of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Dave, how was the event? The event was phenomenal. And it was a little different because of a couple of things. Number one, the resort we stayed at was absolutely beautiful and huge. And when I got there, I said, hey, I need to know where's the podcast thing. And the concierge, somebody standing there said, hey, go down this hallway forever and then turn left and go down the steps. And he was not kidding when you said forever. It was a really, really huge venue. And when I actually got to the floor where they held all the booths for the trade show, it was like I have never seen anything that huge. And Libsyn, the company I work for in tech support, we actually bought two booths side by side. And that also affected it. And what I mean by this is because we all weren't on top of each other, we it didn't seem like as many people were there, but actually more people were there. I know even just at the Libsyn booth, it didn't seem as busy because instead of having people in like, we started to have one year, we had like four people across the front of our booth, and then you have another line of four people. So we had people deep. We didn't have this because people were spread out wider. So it's kind of hard to, it's almost like an optical illusion. It almost seemed smaller, but yet it was bigger because we had, it's like taking a, a big fish out of a small, uh, what you call it, um, fishbowl and putting them into a bigger one. Now it's the same size fish, but there's more room to move around. And so the fish kind of looks maybe a little smaller because it's not like so oversized for that. So that was one aspect of it that I really like. But I'm going to repeat something that I've said every year. And Dan and Jared do a great job with this event. And I think every year we say this, and the only thing I can think of is that it's out of their control because I know they hear us every year, and this year was the worst for this. And that was they would have these after parties. One was sponsored by Jack Daniels. One was sponsored by Himalaya. Uh, and the Himalaya one especially was the one I went to. They got a live band that was so loud 
that I was literally putting my mouth almost like I could probably stick my tongue in somebody's ear and scream, tell me about your show, and they wouldn't hear it. It was it was a rock concert, and the band wasn't bad, but I'm not there. They're even called networking parties, and I don't understand. And then I went to, I think, the Stitcher party, and they had a live band. And to their credit, that live band kind of played it down the first set so we could almost hear ourselves think. But second set, it was loud. And in every case, people are moving away from the party uh, the last one, I forget who sponsored it, but in every case, we're moving as far away from the party that we had so we can hear ourselves think. And the last two were in, outside, so it made it a little easier, but it was super duper humid. Like I just sat there the second night and did nothing but wipe my nose, wipe my glasses, put my glasses back on. Uh, plus anytime I went outside, they fogged up. And so there's got to be a way. This is what I picture happening. I need to ask Dan or Jared or something like that. I think somebody comes up and says, we want to sponsor a party at Podcast Movement. And they go, okay. And then they get handed a check and they go, thank you very much. And that's the end of it. Or these places just don't care. But they need to go, we want to sponsor a party at Podcast Movement. And the organizers need to go, okay, here's the deal, though. You have to know this. Our audience, your attendees, do not want loud music. I know it's a party but they don't want loud music. The only time I've ever seen this work was at PodFest, and that was where we had a piano bar, but that bar, that bar knew how loud the music could be and still let people somewhat have a conversation. And so I actually, towards the the Himalaya one especially, was so bad, was so bad that it really, in my opinion, I kind of got a little resentful towards Himalaya, like, why did you order this band? And then they had DJ Badash or something like that. And I'm like, I don't know. And I looked up and I was like, is anybody dancing? Because maybe I'm just an old fuddy-duddy and I'm missing out on all the dancing. And I didn't see anyone dancing. Maybe I missed that. But to me, either A, we need two parties, one that's for people that want to go dance and and drink and one for other people that want to drink and talk. Because by the end of the week, I was like, just kind of, I remember reading the third party, I think it was for Stitcher. And it said, you know, come out tonight, blah, 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 have a great time, yada, 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 live band. And I just remember thinking, you got to be kidding me. So that was one thing I really wish they had changed. Other than that, there really wasn't much to change. It was a great vendor area. The uh, the sessions that, uh, I, I, well, there was one other thing. Let me take that back. In the vendor area, there was a removable wall. And so for most of it, when it was kind of the keynote, that wall was closed, but other times it was open. And I found that really bizarre because I'd be at the Libsyn booth looking at whoever, like Pat Flynn is trying to do a presentation and they've got all the noise from the vendor floor bleeding into the keynote area. And also, uh, Pat Flynn from the stage is bleeding into the vendor area. And I was, I don't know why they did that. That was, that was a head scratcher, but, and it wasn't all the time. There were plenty of times when that wall was completely closed and other times when it was half open and the sounds of both areas were kind of bleeding into each other. So that was, that's the only thing I can think of. There was plenty of water. There were plenty of staff. If you got stuck with anything, 
from what I heard, registration wasn't that bad. And that's always tricky because there's a bunch of people getting registered all at one time. So all in all, the event was great. The only problem I ever really have for me is I have so many friends now in podcasting. I kind of feel like I do when I get married. And that is you are outnumbered about 500 to one. And so it, I always feel bad. Like I saw, uh, Ross Brand from, um, live streaming universe. I saw him, uh, but I didn't really get a chance to talk to him a whole lot. I saw Mark DeCoats from, uh, now I sent Mark a bunch of, well, not a bunch, but I sent him a few clients. Mark does podcastbranding.co. You know, so I saw people, but there, I didn't get a chance to really hang with as many people as I wanted. But here's the thing that if you ever think about going to these events, getting face to face with people, is so important. So I know Mignon Fogarty. She's Grammar Girl, Hall of Fame podcaster. She's been on this show before. And I said, if you listen to last week's episode, that I want to talk to people who are making any kind of money with their podcast. And for whatever reason, I didn't think of Mignon. I'm like, well, that's kind of silly. She uh, is the founder of the Quick and Dirty Tips. She's got books. She's got games. She's like, And she's like, yeah, I would love to come on the show. And then I met up with uh, Clay Groves from Fish Nerds. And I just met Dr. Ryan Gray and all sorts of other people. And I was like, why didn't I think of these people? And it's just seeing them face to face, but also having people come up to me that I hadn't thought of. And I was like, okay, so I, for me, my goal was to talk to my listeners, which I did. Uh, I put out into the the universe in my last episode that, hey, if you're making any money with your podcast, and if this is still you, please go to schoolwithpodcasting.com slash contact. But I found a bunch of people because I'm working on a book called More Podcast Money, and I need just some insights. I'm trying to kind of get a wide view of what are people doing, and so I can report back on that. So if that's you, please let me know. But I had a bunch of people at the show do that. I had a great time. And, uh, I didn't get sick. That's even better. So those are my, uh, that's my insights on the actual event. There are two coming up in the future. Here's the details on that podcast movement 2020, August 5th through the 8th. Mark your calendars. I know I'll be there. That's in Dallas, Texas. I'm going back to Dallas, uh, which is, uh, you know, it's not good when an old white guy starts to, tries to quote LL Cool J. It just doesn't work. No, I don't think so. Uh, podcast movement evolutions. Now, what's the difference between podcast movement and podcast movement evolutions? I'm still trying to figure that one out. It looks like maybe less emphasis on radio beeps and maybe a smaller kind of, kind of podcast movement light. I'm sure more info will come up on that as it happens. That's going to be in February in Los Angeles, California. So that'll be kind of fun. February 12th through the 15th, which will be interesting, which means we'll have podcast movement evolutions. Is that what it is? Yes, evolutions in February. And then you'll have PodFest back in Orlando and so two back-to-back conferences, it should be interesting to see, but one is very East Coast and one is very West Coast. So I'll be, I'll, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be at Podcast Movement Evolutions in February in uh, Los Angeles, I believe I heard. I threw my name into the ring at Lips and I'm like, can I go to that? Because you know me, I love to go to these things. Why do I love to go to these things? Because the one night I'm hanging out with Jim, uh, you know that guy, Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv, my co-host for Ask the Podcast Coach and Addie Saucedo. And Mike from the, uh, from my competition from Simplecast hanging out, having a good time. And lo and behold, and some of you people are going to go, what? Leo Laporte walked in and just sat down like at our table. 
And if you don't know Leo Laporte, he does This Week in Tech. And back in the day, in like 2005, when all the geeks were first getting into podcasting, Leo was king. And we got down, and Jim just completely fanboyed out, and he was kind of trying to cut it back, and Leo's wife said, no, Leo likes it when you fanboy out. And so he was a good guy, and Leo was the guy that told me about Tom Webster's presentation. He had taken pictures of half the slides, and those are the things you can't get from the virtual ticket. That's the stuff that you miss, the networking afterwards. And I never, I mean, Jim Cullis and I have been in the same room twice, and we've done a podcast for going on four years now. So it was great to hang out with Jim and Addie and Mike and a bunch of other people that, uh, you know, the Squadcast crew, I got to hang out with them. Here's the one cool thing that I was really impressed with. Google Podcast had a big old booth there. And I went over and they were very receptive to my feedback. They took down my, now they could be throwing it in a trash bin, but they put my information into an iPad and said, can we contact you in the future? Because I said, here's the problem. I said, everybody in this room, well, I shouldn't say everybody, a big chunk of us, right? Because you had Podbean, you had Rebel Based Media, you had Libsyn, you had Blueberry, you had some burst thing. Uh, you have, we'll talk about the puppies here in a minute. But, uh, I said, you have a lot of people here that support the podcast creator. And I said, I realize a lot of your features are for the podcast user, the podcast listener. I said, but I'm like, hey, here's what Apple does. I have tools online that I can type in the name of your show, and it will show me the source of the podcast in Apple Podcasts. They said, there's no way I can see what is the source of a podcast in Google Podcast, unless I want to reverse engineer something in code 64, I believe is what my buddy James Cridlin from Pod News said. He's like, oh, just do this and that and, you know, code base 64, vice versa. There he goes, whippy, whippy, and it's done. And I was like, even in a British accent, I couldn't, I couldn't, I wasn't down with that. I was like, nope, that's not as easy. And they were like, ooh, okay. And they realized that that's not a tool for the listener. That's a listener for the support team. And I kind of said, hey, um, Here's a novel idea. Instead of this whole like, hey, just put your put some code in your website and then Google will come find it eventually. I go, my clients don't like the phrase eventually. They would like to know that you got it. They'd like to be able to place where you can go in and see it. I said, I said, Google Play Music. I can see exactly what's going on there. And I said, I understand that you guys like this open approach. I said, but my clients do not. The podcast community does not like anything. I said, these are people that obsess over the small details like stats and things like that. We all do. And I'm, I'm including myself on that. And I said, we don't like it when we don't know what's going on because unfortunately people do change their hosts from time to time. And I said, that's where things we have to know what you're using as a source. And the only way to do it is to put out a new episode. And all of a sudden we look at Google podcasts and the new episode isn't there, but it is an Apple. Well, guess what? Google podcast hasn't updated. So they're like, Oh, okay. And they seem very receptive about that. So that was cool. I did talk to some people from Apple and they were equally as nice, but I was really glad this is the first time that I'd seen a Google booth. I had talked to people last year, podcast movement, and they said, what does, what do you, what does podcasting need from Google? And I said, how about a native app? And now they have a native app. So that was, uh, that was something I was very, uh, pleased to see. 
and got to meet the the team over there. They were super nice. Look forward to working with them in the future. And if you're curious, what's the difference between Google Play Music and Google Podcasts? Google Podcasts is the one you want to worry about because number one, Google Podcasts, they are different. Google Podcasts is global. Google Play Music is only, I think, in North America. And so they didn't say this, but I kind of heard rumors that Google Play Music with podcasting is probably not going to be around in the future. Google Play Music probably still will because of the music, but I don't think we're always going to see podcasts over there. I think eventually you'll see the podcast get pulled out of Google Play Music and it will go back to just being Google Play Music. But I was very happy to see Google there and I was very happy and honored that they were listening. They were there, I think they were there to, to help people, but they were also there to listen. They do have a developer page, which has been updated a little bit since they added it. And also, if you go to podcast.google.com, if somebody needs the app, that's a way. So they don't have the native app on an Android, like where if you're on an Apple phone, they have the purple podcast is just there. With Google, it's not. So if you're on somebody's Android phone, just send them to podcast with an S, podcast.google.com. That'll take them right to the app. In addition to Dan and Jared, who gave me the opportunity to speak at Podcast Movement, here's a fun little story. My presentation starts off with people filling out a single piece of paper, adding a couple check marks. Everybody passes their stuff to the middle, so nobody knows whose paper is what. And then we pass them back, and the real beginning of my session starts. And just as I was getting ready to do that, it was like, goop, goop. And yeah, the fire alarm went off. And I was like, fire alarm? They're like, fire alarm. I'm like, got to leave? Got to leave. I'm like, you're kidding me, right? Nope, we're not kidding you. So that was fun. And I think that's one of the advantages of podcasting. Technology is not always our friend as much as we try to make it our friend. Sometimes we forget to hit record. Sometimes we forget to put fresh batteries in the recorder. We have all those stories, and yet we roll with the punches. And so when the fire alarm went off, it was like, all right. And the lucky thing for me is I left a lot of time, probably 15 minutes for Q&A. My session was called, do you think when thinking about starting a podcast, does it make you want to wet your pants? It's a long title. I had a lot of people say they really liked that title, which was kind of cool. And I left a lot of time for questions. So I lost about five minutes out of my presentation. So I still had plenty of time. Well, not plenty, but I had enough time for people to ask Q&A at the end. I did lose a little momentum, and that's disheartening. But obviously, there's nobody to blame there besides whoever pulled the alarm or whatever, put the toaster whatever happened uh, in the immortal words of Daniel J. Lewis from the audacity to podcast thinking of John Lee Dumas, he said someone ignited and uh, that was the case. So, but the thing that I really liked the opportunity that I'd never done before, and this is where I talk about if you can get in front of your target audience, it's really cool. And I got to be part of the broadcasters meet podcasters. And I got to, they said, what, what is one thing you want to talk about? And we'll put this on a table. So my table was growing your podcast. And I had to basically do a the same kind of little baby speech about here's how you grow your audience. And the one thing I thought was interesting is so many people were talking about how to do Spotify ads and Overcast ads and Facebook ads and Google ads and there an ad, here an ad, everywhere an ad ad. And I said, well, hold on, before we go spending money on marketing our show, have you guys done any kind of focus group? 
And they all kind of looked at me like I was just a little bit crazy. Like, what do you mean, focus group? And I said, well, you know, get somebody not named mom to listen to your show. And most people do not. And so that is something I think I'm going to do in the future somehow. I'm going to find somebody who needs a focus group, or maybe I'll make one. I, that's something I need to do that so I can say, here's what I mean when you do that. But what I, I mean right now off the top of my head is going to a Facebook group, or if you have people following you on Facebook, say, hey, I'm thinking of starting a podcast about blank. If this would interest you, uh, please leave a comment on what you would like to see in it, or PM me and we'll get on Zoom and talk to each other. I'm reading Pat Flynn's book called Superfans, and so far it's really, really good. And Pat, and if you're not familiar with Pat Flynn, he is a millionaire. He makes bazillions. He makes more money in a month than I make in a year, and he's one of the nicest guys on the planet. I got to hang out with him for a bit. He was very smart. He was walking around with this product. The, uh, the It's like this little... Uh, tripod flip out thing for people to do video calls. Really, really nice guy. He was a keynote speaker. And one of the things that Pat does is he has a, uh, an email list, probably the as big as Texas, and he grabs 10 random people off his email list that just signed up and says, hey, can we get on the phone and like talk to each other? I want to get to know you. And so maybe that's something you need to do is start an email list, start a Facebook group or whatever. And when somebody joins and say, hey, I want to know you, I'm starting to work on this and I want to get your feedback on it. And I don't think people are doing that. They're not getting any direct feedback from the people that are their target audience. And I thought that was interesting that almost it just seemed like a completely foreign idea. But the thing I really loved about the broadcasters meet podcasters is as a as a teacher, and that's really what I am. I know I do tech support, but I've got 20 plus years in teaching. I used to teach in the corporate world, is I would rather have four people in a classroom that are really eager to learn and they want to know the subject than 30 people in a classroom staring at their phone. And this speed mentoring is what they called it. For me, I just was so into it because everybody there was just hungry and they were like, ooh, that's a really good idea. And it was a little bit of a round table a little bit. That was probably one of my favorite parts of podcast movement, number one, because there wasn't loud music playing in the background, <laughs> but it was just meeting really great people, new people that I'd never met before. So I really loved that part of it. So thanks to Seth Ressler for getting me involved with that. I thought that was a blast. And I just, for me, it scratched my teaching itch because I could really see where it was going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My next tip would be if a somebody that comes up to your show and says how much they like it, be sure to stop and take a picture with that person. I believe I took a picture with this person, but I didn't get a copy of it. But what I loved about it is, and I'm going to bleep this out. She started off her, her, she sees me. She says, you're Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting. And I'm like, yep. And she said, your show is so mother good. And I was like, wow. And she goes, and she then proceeded to now, look, I'm not a prude. I just like to keep this show clean, but she dropped about 15 F bombs. And uh, one of them was, I said, because I asked, she kept saying these gold nuggets, and it was really just, it was uh, flattering how much she really, really liked my show. But I had to find out why. Like, why is my show so mother good? And she said, I, I said, give me an example of like one of the best golden nuggets. And she said, well, I'm trying to monetize my show. And uh, one of them was, 
you talking about selling your own shit. And I'm kind of giggling because I'm like, I don't remember saying that exactly, but it let me know what really connected. And she was awesome. We had a great conversation. It was kind of funny because it was literally like 832. I walk into the vendor area and that's what I got greeted with. And for the record, that's a great way to start your day. Somebody come up and saying, hey, are you so-and-so? I love your show. So that was uh, probably one of my other favorite memories. But when you get somebody who loves your show, be sure to find out why. This just came in via SpeakPipe. Hi, this is Kelly Palace from the Champions Mojo podcast, and I just finished a one-on-one consulting session with Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. It was amazing. So outstanding. I got so many great actionable items to improve our podcast, and Dave was connected. He was engaged. He really was focused on our podcast and what we needed to do to get better. I really appreciated the tips and um, his experience. I heard things from him that I had not heard anywhere else. And I've talked to a lot of people. So I'm coming out of this with many things that I can do to improve our podcast. And I'm so grateful. I highly recommend if you want to take your podcast to the next level, that you look into Dave Jackson and the School of Podcasting. Thank you so much, Dave. I really appreciate all your time and your help. And I look forward to watching my podcast grow. Take care. Thank you so much. Find her at championsmojo.com. The other kind of big announcement that people were talking about at Podcast Movement was podcastmusic.com has now worked a deal with Sound Exchange. It's going to come into play next year. And I was talking about this on Ask the Podcast Coach. That's another show I do. And I kind of said, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is going to be not as cool as people are thinking it to be. Because for me, when I can play some Demi Lovato, when I can play Metallica, when I can play some Five, Fever, Five Finger Death Punch, some Neil Diamond, you know, and what some of it is, is bands will get kicked off of a label and they re-record their music. And I'm actually going to play just a hint here of a here's the major label value and and then I'm going to play the re-recorded value and this is why I'm like mm, it's close but I don't want the re-recorded value because it usually doesn't sound as good and I'm an old hair metal 80s dude and so one of my favorite songs was uh it's a love song it's uh by the bullet boys called smooth up in ya and here's the original version And here is the grunge put us out of business. We started our own record label version. So again, close, but the musician in me goes, nope, they definitely went down a tune and that dude's chops are not what they used to be. So it's a step in the right de- direction. But if you're thinking, I can't wait to play my favorite song in my podcast, that's probably a ways off. And I'm not sure that's ever going to happen. But on the other hand, Todd Cochran, again, new media show mentioned that 
He asked five years ago, what would it take to get music into podcasting? And they said 10 years and like $10 million or something like that. And so that was five years ago. And we've got sound exchange involved. So I am excited for what Doug's up to. It's just, it's not here yet. It's a step in the right direction, but it's not quite where we all would like it to be. But I appreciate all the effort that Doug's doing over there at podcastmusic.com. Don't forget that by next Friday, that is going to be August 23rd, I need your answer for the question of the month. And what is the question of the month? You can find it at schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. This month's question, as we always hear, that 70% of new listeners come from word of mouth. My question is, what was the last thing you shared that was not yours. Key point. What was the last thing you shared that wasn't yours and why did you share it? And I've actually been writing down a couple of one. I just shared a podcast where I heard a really great uh, guy from, he's one like the moth, which is that storytelling kind of competition that they have. And uh, I shared that because I love storytelling, but this guy had so much more insights than I did. And I figured that would benefit you. You can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at Dave Jackson and I'm on Facebook at, uh, school at schoolofpodcasting.com. But I want to know what did you share and why? And again, I need that by August 23rd and then it will be out next Monday on August 26th. So thank you so much to get involved. Just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. I do need it in an audio format and please. And by that, I mean, please mention your website and what your podcast is about. So many times, let's actually, this is one last tip. I've noticed this with podcasters, and I think it's because we all are a little nervous. We're a little uneasy about promoting our own stuff. And so consequently, if somebody asks me what, what my show is, I might say, oh, yeah, I, I do a, a podcast about podcasting. It's called the school podcasting.com. Like we speed up, like we're going to win a gold medal if we say it faster. Oh, it's called Ask the Podcast Coach. It's called Podcast Order. So, and then I can't understand it. And then you don't give me your website address, which I try to put in the show notes because the whole point of this is for us to learn together, but also it gives me a chance to put the spotlight on you. So be sure to say the name of your show and the name of your website or the URL of your website. And uh, I'm not giving out any gold medals for people that say it the fastest. So, and watch if you, now that you know that, listen to other people on other podcasts for whatever reason, when we say the name of our show or our website, I think part of it is we kind of know it. So we're like, ah, you know, it's schoolofpodcasting.com. It's no, slow down, say it, because we want people to go there. So slow down and say it quickly and clearly. And you'll hear your smiling voice right here on the school of podcasting.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. That is next week is going to be the question of, of the month as well as anything else that comes up. I'm always open for ideas. And uh, until next week, I would really be appreciative if you could go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe, subscribe to the show. And that way, when the new episodes are out, you get them the minute they are ready to go. And uh, while you're at it and you're subscribing to the show and you're there on your phone, how about sharing the show with a friend? Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Until then, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless.
people the technology. I help you face your fears and flatten the learning curve and get you on the road. I'm going to do that again. Find it. And that is Tom Webster. My mouth, by the way, today, I'm laughing. I burnt the crap out of my tongue. So when I just said Tom Webster, I like part of my mouth just has no feeling right now. But anyway, Tom Webster from Ohio. Ah, Fuffer and fuckatash. Ugh, my tongue is just not working today. I should say I'm very thankful both to uh, Jared and Dan, but also Seth Reisler. I just totally butchered that dude's name. Reisler? Wrestler? Seth, what's your name? Oh, man. That's so embarrassing. Seth. Wrestler. I had it right the first time. Dang it. Music. 